Hello, and thank you for downloading this programme from Starry Decisis Radio, where I discuss all the judgments of the United Kingdom Supreme Court. My name is Mark Tottenham. In this programme, I shall be considering the case of an alleged supporter of Al-Qaeda and whether it was lawful to impose a freezing order on his assets. This is the last of three judgments delivered by the Supreme Court on the 27th of January 2016, and the name of the case is Youssef versus the Secretary of State for Foreign Affairs. Now, the right to private property is considered one of the fundamental rights in a democracy. This is often criticised by left-wing groups because it tends to protect the rights of the rich over those of the poor. Nonetheless, it is a feature of dictatorships and absolute monarchies that land and property can be seized and distributed at the whim of the ruler, often not in the interests of the poor so much as members of the ruling party or relatives of those in power. Therefore, if the right to private property is to be infringed, it must be done in a democracy in a way that is authorised by law and subject to strict rules. In this case, the applicant's property had been the subject of a freezing order, granted on the basis that he was a supporter of terrorism. He objected on a number of grounds, as I shall outline. The applicant was an English, uh, uh, sorry, an Egyptian national living in the UK. In 2005, Egypt applied to a committee of the United Nations to place him on a list of persons subject to asset freeze because of his alleged association with Al-Qaeda. The UK's Secretary of State for Foreign Affairs was aware that some of the information grounding this application might have been obtained by torture, and he placed a hold on the designation which required unanimous support. Nonetheless, a report of the United Nations Ombudsperson concluded that he was a supporter of Al-Qaeda and recommended that he be retained on the list. The UK Foreign Secretary agreed with this and lifted the hold on the designation. Eventually, the applicant sought to challenge one of these decisions by way of judicial review. The challenge was on four grounds. Number one, that the decision was tainted by torture. Number two, that the UK did not have lawful authority to interfere with the applicant's property. Number three, that the requisite standard of proof had not been met to suspect an association with Al-Qaeda and number four, that the decision was disproportionate. The Supreme Court rejected all of these arguments. On the issue of torture, they noted that there was a legal obligation on the UK not to use torture or to use information obtained by torture, but they held that there was ample evidence for the Foreign Secretary to conclude that the applicant was a supporter of Al-Qaeda, and he was not obliged to inquire into the reasons for other members of the UN Committee to come to the same conclusion. On the issue of whether they had lawful authority to interfere with the applicant's property, it was noted that there was a specific provision of European Union law that authorised the freezing order. As the UK was subject to such law under the European Communities Act of 1972, the law had direct effect in the UK. On the issue of the standard of proof, there was some discussion of how to establish proof for something that might happen in the future, rather than the question of whether something had already happened. As Lord Cornworth said, open quotation, the position of a decision maker trying to assess risk in advance is very different from that of a decision maker trying to determine whether someone has actually done something wrong. Risk cannot simply be assessed on a balance of probabilities. It involves a question of degree, end of quotation. In this case, the UN Ombudsperson had adopted a test of whether there was sufficient information to provide a reasonable and credible basis for the listing. Lord Cornworth held that it was appropriate for the Secretary of State to apply the same test as the rest of the committee. As to the issue of proportionality, 
It was noted that the applicant had not addressed any of the facts or incidents referred to by the Ombudsperson in her assessment. In the circumstances, it was difficult to see how the decision was disproportionate. Furthermore, in 2011, the applicant had publicly expressed his support for Al-Qaeda and the late Osama bin Laden. While this post-dated the Foreign Secretary's original decision, it was not irrelevant to the Court's considerations. As Lord Conworth said, open quotation, Judicial review is a discretionary remedy. The Court is not required to ignore the appellant's own conduct or the extent to which he is the author of his own misfortunes. I appreciate that the material disclosed by the Ombudsperson's report became available after the Court of Appeal's judgment and indeed after the grant of permission to appeal to this Court. It is not formally an issue before us. Further, the appeal raised important issues of law which needed a decision. I can understand, therefore, why it was decided to defer for the moment detailed consideration of any challenge to the latest decision. However, the fact remains that there is before the Court unchallenged evidence showing that the appellant is at least a strong vocal supporter of Al-Qaeda and its objectives. That stands uneasily with his simple denial in 2010 of any involvement in terrorism. If those allegations were misplaced, I would have expected him to want to say so publicly at the first opportunity. I raised my concern with Mr. Otty, who is his counsel, at the opening of the appeal, but I heard no convincing answer. End of quotation. In other words, as judicial review is a discretionary remedy, the courts are entitled to take other matters into account. The failure of the applicant to deny his public support for Al-Qaeda was a relevant matter. Accordingly, the court refused to grant judicial review of the decision. In the last paragraph I quoted, Lord Conworth appeared not to distinguish between involvement with Al-Qaeda and public support for Al-Qaeda. It is possible that a person might speak in favour of a particular armed group while never having had any involvement with it. Nonetheless, the nature of Al-Qaeda and ISIS and other such groups is that they recruit within the UK and other Western countries. Public support for their aims and methods might at least be considered a part of that recruitment. Furthermore, a freeze on the assets of a person is a relatively moderate sanction. The applicant has not, for example, been imprisoned without trial and his assets have merely been frozen rather than seized. On balance, this is probably a reasonable decision. Thank you very much for listening to this programme. If you have any comments, please see the Starry Decisis Radio Facebook page or Twitter account. And if you've enjoyed this programme, please tell your friends and colleagues about Starry Decisis Radio.